Welcome to the Everything Action Cast, the official podcast of EverythingAction.com. Hello and welcome to the Everything Action Cast podcast for the week of November 28th, 2022. I'm your host, Zach, and joining us this time we have Chris. Hello. And uh, we got a bunch of exciting this week, but uh, we have to kick things off, unfortunately, with some sad news. We lost a couple of uh, genre favorites um, this past weekend or past week. So uh, first up, uh, Clarence Gilliard Jr. passed away, um, who probably best known for uh, Die Hard. He was Theo in Die Hard. And then also Walker Texas Ranger, uh, James Trevett for like... 200 episodes, however many episodes Walk Through Ranger there were. Like, every episode? Yeah, I mean, I think he was like, wasn't that like the first episode there was like, here's your new partner, like he's a city slicker like Trevette from like from like Dallas or something, and he's got to team up with Walker. I forgot the first episode of Walker. I, I forgot I feel, how it I feel, I feel like I feel like that was how he, like, Trevette was introduced, was like, oh, here's this like, well, you got to team up with the city slicker Walker, <laughs> like he's like a fake cowboy or something, I don't know. I feel like that's what I feel like I remember that's how it was. And then they're like, ah, there's all, now there's all, they're all friends and everything. Also, Sundown and Top Gun. Oh, really? Yeah. I can't tell. Like, he, he's rarely in a scene with, like, no sunglasses on. Yeah, I feel like he always has, like, his, like, you know, uh, helmet Sundown, and Sundown helmet and sunglasses on, so... And then, uh, yeah, some, some, some other, like, TV shows, like, a bunch of other, like, 80s TV shows, um, like, he's, he, he was a back, like, kind of like a background random person, like, Karate Kid Part 2, apparently. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was on, like, Simon and Simon for an episode, Facts of Life for an episode. Um, I think, I think recently he's been, I mean, he's been in, like, some smaller stuff recently, but he's been mostly been, like, a uh, professor of theater at the uh, University of Las Vegas. That's cool. I didn't know that. But uh, yeah, R.I.P. Um, I mean, obviously we're all probably gonna watch Die Hard because it's it's Christmas time again, so or holiday time again. So definitely, it's an it, action movie staple. If you if you weren't planning on watching Die Hard, like now you now you should probably like at least like get that back in to your Christmas rotation just to like pay pay homage to. Clarence Gillard Jr. and all, all of his classic diehardisms, like the quarterback is toast and all those other, all those other great lines. And then uh, we also uh, lost uh, Albert Pune uh, this past week as well, um, which I think apparently I think a lot of people were expecting because like there was like if you saw like the recent like regular media um, video about Cyborg and Arcade. There was a, uh, I think Albert Pune's wife posted on social media that he was basically kind of like getting toward the end and he just wanted to hear from people about like his movies. Um, and it was basically like a couple, like, like basically like a couple days after like the regular media video went up. That was like, like I think it was like last Saturday or Friday. And then we, we got the word like, like Monday or Tuesday this week or like Sunday last week that he had passed away. But like just ton, like genre legend, like, He's made like he made tons of like wonderfully ridiculous, wonderfully awesome like B movies uh, for for canon and 
full moon and like other like other, those kind of companies so um i mean probably i mean cyborg is probably the big like one of the biggest ones um the jean-claude van damme classic <laughs> Um, he also directed the like the Captain America movie, like the 1990 Captain America movie. Uh, Kickboxer Two was another. Uh, uh, Arcade, the uh, the P- the Peter Billingsley, <laughs> Seth Green, crazy like <laughs> that was which I think that was the Full Moon one or like one of the Full Moons one he did, but the evil the evil arcade game. Oh my God, that one. Yeah. The one that really could have like destroyed Seth Green's career. Actually, I I realized I I actually realized like I like I've seen a lot of his like deeper cut ones. Maybe not even like process like kind of like clicking that it was Albert Pune, but like I just I've seen like a lot of like like recently too. Like I saw like um, Dangerously Close, which is like this like it was like a high school kid uh, like who like. It kind of like ends up in this like weird like right wing like group of like vigilantes at his school, <laughs> and they're like they're basically taking over the school and like killing people. That was like that was like a canon joint. I saw it like a couple months ago. Um, what was the other? there was another one? Um, oh, Ad- Adrenaline, Fear the Rush. I got that on a like uh. It was like the ten ten action movies for ten dollars, like 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 DVD set from like Walmart like a couple years ago, mm. which that's like a Christopher Lambert, uh, Natasha Henstridge, um, like nineteen ninety six movie where they're like trying to track down this like weird creature humanoid creature that's like spreading a virus, and that's actually up on uh if you're if you go to everythingactioncom that's our everything everything the action theater for this week you can watch Adrenaline Fear the Rush in full if you want to check that out. That's just that was just on YouTube, <laughs> um, and uh, Blast, which was, is a kind of like a diehard knockoff with uh, Lynn Ashby, um, aka Johnny Cage from the World Combat movies. Um, he he is like a uh, he works at the like the Olympic pool. Like he used to be like a karate like Olympic karate level like gold medalist. Then he like got injured, so now he's like now he just works for like the like uh, like olympic like facilities in like i think los angeles or something and then like like this terrorists take over like the pool and like like hold like the like u.s olympic swim team hostage and he has to like swim karate his way he's got like yeah he's got like uses like latent karate skills to like fight the terrorists and like rescue like the 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 pool team and that was got like rucker howard and andrew divoff in it and uh tim thomerson a lot a lot of like there was a lot of people like Albert Pune had like a lot of like regular like uh, like contributors to his movies. Like he like worked a lot. I think I think he worked like like Christopher Lambert a couple times. He worked with like yeah like Tim Thomerson a bunch of times. Like Olivier Grunier. Um, I think Ice T was in a bunch of his movies. <laughs> a couple of his movies. He actually he actually directed like some Ice T music videos too. Wow. But yeah, there's there's a ton. There's a ton, like he's like he's got so many crazy movies uh out there. Um and I'll, I I'll, I'll talk about when we get to the show and tell, I'll talk about Nemesis cuz I watched that like after I heard I think actually, I think I actually watched that before it was, it was post Red Letter Media video pre hearing that he had passed away. 
I saw Nemesis for the first time, which is an awesome, awesome movie. I mean, it's not it's not a good movie, but it's an awesome movie. <laughs> and uh, a lot of I mean, lot what, of, like, what what like what was uh, your favorite part about it? I mean, I, 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 I'll talk about it later. I saw. I mean, I'll talk about it in show and tell. But like, um, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's crazy action. Like he, he he did a lot of like really great like in a lot of his movies he did like really great like even though he didn't have like a lot of budget like he did like really like cool like whatever like practical special effects he could get, could get away with he like tried to do like he tried to do like you know like Terminator style like robot arms and pe- people getting blown in half and like crawling around the, like like. Because like a lot of his movies were like he had like a lot of cyborg stuff, a lot of like robot stuff, and so like people were always getting like their arms blown off and it, it exposing like the robot parts under them, or like people's like faces were opening up and like turning into a robot, or like a full like stop motion robot was like running around. So yeah, that definitely is a Terminator. It's like okay, yeah, that's, that's a cool effect. How do we do it? But like on a shoestring budget. Yeah. And a, a lot of his, a lot of his movies are on. If you want to like kind of check out some of his movies, I, I think a, a ton of them are on Tubi, or like a lot of like the other like free like like you know, like Crackle or Pluto TV or Roku Channel. So uh, if you have any of those, I would say definitely like pull pull up a list of like Albert Pune movies and like kind of like look and see which ones are available on like uh, which ones look interesting. And then f- uh, they're probably it's probably on Tubi or I think a couple, couple are on Prime Video maybe, but. Uh, yeah, I'm, def- I'm definitely gonna check out some more. Um, I, I, I basically like pull up a list of like uh, uh, some more ones to watch that s- sounds like crazy or cool. Like there's one called Mean Guns that's I think it's Ice T and Christopher Lambert, and it's basically like it's like it sounds like it sounds like like the Hunger Games or something. But it's like a hundred hundred people are locked in a prison and then they they all get they all get guns and they have to kill each other within like six hours and then the last three people get like ten million dollars. I bet you uh, who survived at the till the end. Maybe I don't know. Like, there's, I mean, Christopher Lambert and Ice the Stars, but maybe they, maybe they don't, maybe they don't like make it all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> That's the twist. Yeah. But yeah, definitely, definitely uh, go check out some uh, Albert Pugh movies uh, if you have not seen anyone any recently or any at all. Like, I mean, if, if you've never seen like Cyborg, go watch Cyborg because that's yeah, like see a Cyborg first. Yeah. That's like that's like a good like entry level like movie because that's like a a crazy canon movie. It's a John Claude Van movie. It's got like a ridiculous fight scene. Yeah, <laughs> like the final fight is like insane. Where it's just like, like like I think like, thirty minutes of like John Claude Van like the main bad guy just like beating each other down in, like the rain and like shirtless and just gr- like screaming at each other. <laughs> like Poor, the the dude looks like a shark. Yeah. I think that guy, I think he's, like, he's also, like, he, he became, like, a regular, like, uh, like, um, you know, like, Albert Pugh and regular, like, he would show up in, like, other movies as well. Which apparently, I mean, that must, I mean, people must have, like, enjoyed working with him if, like, people, like, of, like, Christopher Lambert or, like, all these other, like, all these other guys just, like, showing up, like, oh, yeah, I'll be in the next, uh, another Albert Pugh movie, <laughs> like. Yeah, I guess he was doing something right. Especially, especially like a lot of them were like in film in like Slovakia and like Eastern Europe, so it's like you gotta like fly to Eastern Europe to like be in these movies, like so. But uh, yes, yeah, so R.I.P. Edward Hewn. Um, 
So moving on, um, we got a couple trailers to dive into. So we got the first trailer this week for Cocaine Bear, <laughs> which is maybe the t- maybe the, f- the front runner for like best title of a movie for 2023. <laughs> um, also, the most direct title for a movie. Yeah. Um, so this is actually this is based on an actual event um, from the 80s. Apparently, there was like a uh, I, th- I think it was a, either a plane full of like cocaine crashed that was smuggling cocaine crashed or like packages fell out of the plane, but somehow like yeah the packages of cocaine ended up in like the woods of Kentucky, and like a a, a black bear ate like ingested the cocaine and, uh, and like was like so there was, like there was like a bear loose like high on cocaine like running around like I don't I don't know if it was like going on as much of a murder rampage as like this movie but it was definitely like a problem for people like for a little bit like they'd like get you know animal control and like figure out how to stop this like rampaging bear that's like this like like ripped on cocaine Um, i heard about this this was like early 2000s but i don't think it killed anyone i think it was just like running around but it died of a heart attack yeah yeah i I think it was yeah it's basically just like it it was less less insane because like the, the movie is definitely leading into like it's like it looks like it's almost like piranha or something like where it's or like or like our our grizzly that we watched earlier this year but like yeah it's it was it it became like this became a stalker bear slash like a supernatural monster but i think the real story is that like the bear found a barrel of cocaine like ingested it and then it just like, died it wa- yeah and then but it wandered around i think like where it died, where the barrel was, wasn't like that far, but yeah, it's insane that like um, the bear was just like on cocaine. It's one of those like jokes <laughs> that come alive. Yeah. But the the trailer takes the concept right and just cranks it up to a ridiculous level that I enjoy. Like it's not even like they're not. It's not even um, trying to be uh, kind of sympathetic. Or... Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the the bear is, like, fully CG, and it looks like, like, if you put, like, a, like, a, you know, like, a hat on it, it would be, like, Yogi Bear, like, the, the Yogi Bear from, like, the, like, CG <laughs> Yogi Bear movie. It's, like, it's so, the bear looks, like, like so cartoonish. Yeah. I noticed that, too, and I was, like, I understand. You don't want this to be, like, an actual Lion King-esque bear that's also murdering people, but... You also can't have cocaine bear and not have like a bear that's gonna be ganked out of its mind on drugs and not be like you and vicious at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's another thing too. Like they made this bear like a regular bear. They didn't give it like mean scars or some kind of tragic backstory. It's just literally like no, this is just a wild bear that suddenly becomes like a serial killer. Yeah. So I appreciate that. I also, I'm kind of shocked by the like level of cast for like a movie that looks like it's gonna be like completely absurd and, and ridiculous. Like they got like this like A list cast for it. Well, I wouldn't say super A list, but it's I mean, more known actors you've seen in things. I mean, so you got you got Carrie Russell, you got O'Shea Jackson Jr., you got. Alden Ehrenreich, you got just just Tyler Ferguson, you got uh, Christopher Hivichu, you got uh, Margot Martindale, you've got uh, one of the last performances from Ray Liotta. Yeah, that's crazy too. 
And uh, the movie's also, it's directed by Elizabeth Banks. What? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Yeah, she's directing, um, Lord and Miller are producing it. Really? So, I feel like Cocaine Bear was one of those, like, we, I kind of, I, did we ever talk about Cocaine Bear in the past? I feel like, I I think when it first got announced as a movie, maybe we talked about it, or like, I definitely probably posted it on, like, a, like a new shotgun one Saturday. I was like, oh, they're making a movie about the Cocaine Bear, <laughs> like, but, yeah, it just, it's, it just seems, it's a, a very crazy amount of talent behind the scenes and in front of the camera for, like, a, what looks like to be, like, a completely absurd, like, Piranha 3D level, <laughs> like, I mean, also, I'm probably 3D also had, like, a crazy cast for it, too, so I don't know, like. But, yeah, I guess we'll find out in uh, February next year. February 24th is when Cocaine Bear hits theaters, so get ready for that. Get ready for <laughs> get ready for 500 pounds of coked-up bear hitting theaters. And then uh, we also, this week, got the second, I guess, the full trailer now for... The Super Mario Brothers movie, uh, which is coming in April, April 7th next year, and a, a lot more than the first trailer. The first trailer was basically kind of like one scene a with like – Yeah, like one Bowser scene. This is like a more of a proper trailer where it's like lots of different scenes. We get more – we get to see more of the characters. We can see Peach. We can see Toad. We can see Donkey Kong. More more Luigi. Um, Chris Pratt's voice is still very bizarre, although I feel like seeing this trailer, I feel like it, I, I'm at the point now where it's like, maybe I'm kind of, I, I kind of thinking you'll get used to it and like, you'll have to, like, I mean, it won't be like <laughs> terrible. You'll, you'll eventually get used to it and like deal with it for the movie. Like, it's not gonna be like, just like, although, I mean, when he says like that, like <laughs> the first scene where he's like in like the, like whatever, like the back, like gladiator arena hallway or whatever, he's gonna fight Donkey Kong. Yeah, he's, he's like. like Let's a go. I'm just like, what? Yeah, I, uh. Why is like why why is I don't I don't want serious let's a go like this. <laughs> so told like a soup like a gritty way like. Mm. Yeah. Let's a go. <laughs> but it's funny that he gets his ass kicked. Spoiler alert. Like, yeah. <laughs> as soon as because he's like just a regular guy in this universe yet and he hasn't discovered who he is which I like. You know, like, it's not like a, he comes in and knows what to do. Like, this is sort of, like, him at his most vulnerable. Yeah. And uh, he gets kind of, like, no mercy dropped in. Just The movie really should, in this way, though, it really should be about Peach. Well, it, it seems like yeah, it seems like she like she's gonna figure to be like a like active participant. Looks like like which that 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 it reminds me of like the um. Did you ever read like the Back in the day, like Nintendo Power had like the Super Mario World comic. It was like the they basically like like uh, translated like a manga from that was like a Super Mario World manga. It was it was, it was it was in Nintendo Power. It was like every month there was like a new chapter, and then they collected it like like a couple years ago, and like a, you can buy it like separately now, and like it's like a graphic novel now. But um, in that that in that like that like comic. Um, like Peach was like this like crazy like ass kicker like she was just, like she would like pull the bobs out and like start like blowing up the Koopa kids and like escape constantly and like they're trying to capture her and she just like beat up like a, an army full of Koopas and, like run away. So no, I, I um I, feel I, like I, I, was, I have like I have the Valiant 
comics one. Oh yeah, that was that was totally different. Yeah. That yeah, was, that like, one is she's just like helpless, and it's like all right, like it's cool that basically in other versions, like she's <laughs> just actually like a character, not just like a victim. Yeah, definitely check out that Super Mario World uh, manga. I think it's like it's uh, that was from Nintendo Power. Like yeah, she's she's like this like she's basically she's like the most active like like Mario and Luigi is like like just like kind of helpless, and then she's the one like doing everything. <laughs> Um, which I mean, it definitely looks like we're getting some of that here. Like, she, there's that scene where she's like, she's in like her like Mario Kart like racing suit, and then she pulls like a giant axe out. <laughs> which also, yeah, kart racing. There's kart racing in this movie. Yeah, it, it, it seems like there's more. Isn't it like a sports scene too? I it seems like they're like they're they're, they're pulling everything and like they're like there's like scenes that are straight up just like Mario just doing a level from Mario. <laughs> like he's just like. It's like the the spinning like like it's just like I'm on a Mario level now I'm on like a 2D plane Mario level like I thought that's the training part like that's yeah but I mean I mean that's like straight out of the game and like uh I mean yeah, it looks like they're pulling like yeah they're pulling Mario Kart in there yeah maybe sports maybe like uh who I mean who knows what else but and obviously like other characters like Don- like uh, like uh, like other characters besides like the main Mario characters like Donkey Kong and Cranky Kong and it's and uh, like every- and everyone else besides Chris Pratt seems like they're like they're like going to be like ev- like they're doing a a solid job like I mean Jack Black seems like he's going to kill it as Bowser well they also made sure to modular his voice a bit to give it what you yeah. think sounds what he would be in over time mm-hmm. the uh, Charlie Day's Luigi's good. Yeah. Like, it's not what you want, not exactly the stereotype sounds that you'd get for an Italian cartoon man, but, like, at least that would have matched. Just Chris Pratt, I'm, I'm, I'm on the suspense of the, uh, Chris Pratt can pull this off, or is Chris Pratt, like, sounding just like uh like a fake mario you know like it, it it's not him yeah but i also saw the like he sounds like tina belcher from bob Burger. <laughs> did you see that no his uh his from the teaser trailer when he says like let's it go or like it's a me it, it they they did like a swap with this, the same clips from bob's burger and it matches that weird, like, nasally, throaty tone. Yeah. So, like, it, like, I, once you hear it, it's really hard to unhear that, you know? And that's why I'm like, oh, boy. So this sort of, like, improves it. But notice he doesn't have, like, a lot of dialogue again. I mean, they, the good thing is, like, they can just re-edit that, like, before release or, you know, um modify it somehow like pitch change it i think if they pitch change it i'm fine with it mm-hmm. but the fact that like it mario's not supposed to have such a deep voice like it's supposed to be very airy and and like happy sounding even if he sounds like in pain he's supposed to be like like almost like a mickey mouse right yes mm-hmm. so it's like he doesn't have that he just sounds like star lord again a Star Lord faking an accent. Yeah, I do appreciate that. Like Keegan Michael Key seems like he's trying to do like a like like doing like the weird Toad voice that we all know and love. <laughs> like the like the like like kind of like it's like gruff, insane sounding Toad. <laughs> like, yeah. 
I, but I don't know if um, he's voicing all the Toads or just like. I think it, I think he's just vo- voicing like Toad Toad, like the ma- like main Toad. And then it's like other Toads are like maybe just like random like vo- like actors. additional additional voice actors or whatever. But yeah, like the Toad actually goes with, on the quest with them is Keegan Michael Key, and like he's obviously like he's trying to do like the like the the insane like. Toad voice from like that we. I, I can't, did I can't did you ever play the uh, the Adventure Toad game? Captain, or Toad? Captain Toad. I mean, I played like I mean, I played Captain Toad segments in like uh, like you know like uh, like I think Mario Galaxy had them, and then I think uh, the 3D World have them because I played I I played both of those in like last couple years. And then I think, and then I think did Odyssey. I think Odyssey had a couple or like some. I mean, he was. I think he showed up in Odyssey definitely, but like, I, I did. I, but yeah, I haven't played his like actual like just his game. Okay. The wonder of his game, like he sounds like that. Well, Captain Toad is a different character than Toad. Like like to, like Toad like Toad Toad like who's in like all the sports games and the like. The main like our, uh, the main Toad we know is like a different character than Captain Toad. Captain Toad's a totally different ah. character. <laughs> but I think they all I think they all kind of sound similar. I see. I see. All, all Toads all Toads sound like apparently now uh, just have like a crazy like <laughs> Toad. It's, it's like I forgot I forgot a game like uh, that started it. I think that was, like remember, I think one of the sports games or something maybe, maybe like. Maybe like Mark, was it Mark C four like one of those like N sixty four sports games like it was the first time like Toad sounded like insane, <laughs> where people were just like wait that's what Toad sounds like. <laughs> but uh yeah so, so yeah Super Mario Bros movie I'm uh cautiously optimistic um hopefully hopefully it'll be good. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah, hopefully maybe when we see the whole movie, Chris Pratt will be a tolerable Mario. <laughs> the jury's still out, but uh, yeah, April 7th is when we'll, we'll find out. I think, uh, I think Super Mario Land, or like the, like, Universal Hollywood Super Mario Nintendo World is, like, opening around that same time, too. So it's, like, it's gonna be, like, a mega dose of uh, Mario going on next year. So, uh, other news, uh, we got some news that uh, Ang Lee is going to be directing a, sounds like kind of like a, uh, uh, just a kind of a straightforward, like, biopic about uh, Bruce Lee. Um, and Ang Lee's son, Mason Lee, is going to star as Bruce Lee. Yeah, uh, I saw that screenshot comparison. He looks like a good ringer, like a young Bruce Lee looking. Like, uh, and apparently, according to like Ang Lee and like uh, the Deadline article I'm I'm looking at, like apparently he's been training for like the past three years. Like basically, he's been training for like the past three years uh, to get ready for this to play Bruce Lee. So I'm assuming that means like he's, martial arts he's training and more time in than the actor who played Iron Fist. Prob- yeah, de- yeah, <laughs> definitely. It's like, oh, uh, cool, martial arts act, a role I'm going to be in, and, oh, okay, I should probably learn how to kick. No, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. No, three years of training, okay, good. He at least, like, has good, he'll, he'll at least look good on camera. And, I, I mean, I, I don't think, this is, I, don't, I mean, I'm sure they're going to have, like, 
fight scenes or like clips from like like reenactments of like clips of movies in it but i don't think it's not gonna be like an action movie i it's gonna be i think it's it's more of like it's gonna be like a biopic i mean there's gonna be a lot it's like some fighting but like also like just you know his life and like <laughs> like like coming like his journey to like hollywood and like all like like back behind the scenes stuff it's not gonna it's not gonna be like some sort of like crazy like it man or like uh the raid or something it's gonna be like it's gonna be like a like a like a more of like a traditional like biopic it seems like and uh speaking like dan futterman uh speaking of biopics he, so who he wrote uh capote and foxcatcher he is writing the script for this movie and uh yeah i guess it's, it's it, they found us the deal so like i don't know who knows when this will be I mean, it seems like it'll probably be a couple years off because it just they just <laughs> finalized it. Um, I wonder I wonder if Angley's gonna do any of his crazy because he, he's like he's very very into like the like sixty frames per second like like high frame rate stuff. I wonder if they, I wonder if he's gonna shoot this movie in like that style because because like the last movie he his, well his last big like uh, American movie like uh, or Hollywood movie was uh, Gemini Man that was like. 60 frames per second high high frame rate 3D like and even even like that um was it like Billy Lynn's long halftime walk was like I guess I guess that that's like some like war scenes but like that movie was also like unnecessarily like 60, 3D 60, 60 frames per second high frame rate 3D IMAX like that's not the one with the train one right. No, I think Billy Lynn's long time, long halftime walk is like it's this soldier who's like appearing at like halftime at the Super Bowl or something, but then he's like flashing back to like he was in like Afghanistan or like Iraq or something, and it's like what he experienced, and like I think Vin Diesel's in it is like, and he's like is and he's like one of like one of the like people that was there with with like Billy Lynn. But uh, yeah, I, yeah. I wonder if you. I mean, yeah, I, I, I feel like that kind of like. I mean, I, no one's done that. I don't think anyone's really done high frame rate. Like, I don't. Even, James Cameron's not even doing like high frame rate for like Avatar. Uh, he's just doing 3D. So like, I don't. Oh, know, yeah, like, I, I think like what like Gemini Man was the the last big one too. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, at least like his last one was that, and then like no one else has really done that since then. And it's like, uh, yeah. I, I think I think when Gemini Man came out. I think I heard or read like there was like literally like one theater in the entire world that could like play it in like the like full like full IMAX 3D high frame rate 60 frames per second like style that like Ang Lee like shot it for because like every other theater is like well we got 3D but we don't we don't have high frame rate or we have high frame rate but we don't have 3D so it's like there's like literally like one theater in the entire world that could like play the like Gemini Man the way it was supposed to be seen <laughs> or the way like Ang Lee thought it was supposed to be seen. But yeah, I guess we'll, I guess we'll see if we're gonna get like a a three D three D high frame extravaganza Bruce Lee biopic, but uh, it's on the way uh, here. And uh, we also got some news from Paramount Plus. Uh, Tulsa King, the Stallone show, has gotten renewed for a second season. I feel like it's doing. I, I haven't seen any ratings for it, but I feel like it's doing pretty well. Like it's like it's like uh, like. I think it's like I feel like one of the most one of the more popular like Paramount Plus shows. 
Have you have you seen any of that yet, Chris? Have you seen Tulsa King yet? I have not. I'm enjoying what, what it. Like, is that on? It's on Paramount Plus. It's a Paramount Plus exclusive. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I, like, it, we're three episodes in. It's 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 goofy. It's fun. Like, it, but it's like it's it's fun. It's like Sloan just like wrecking, just like <laughs> just like wrecking his way through the Midwest, like just like destroying everyone who gets his way and doing doing mafia stuff and like. Like I, I mean, it's, it's a city, but like a small, like compared to like New York, where it came from, it's like a small city. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's 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 no Better Call Saul or anything, but it's 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 a fun show, and I'll I'll, I'll, I'll definitely into like a, I'll be down for a second season of it. And then uh, last bit of news is we got a uh, there's a new movie coming out that's going to co-star Dolph Lundgren and Terrence Howard. Uh, called Showdown at the Odessa, and it's, it sounds like it has a crazy uh, premise, which is, um, I believe, yeah, Terrence Howard is a movie theater owner who has to defend like his, he's defending like his family family uh, movie theater. It's like this old kind of like movie house style movie theater from corporate developers, and then he get he teams up with a legendary action star who's played by Dolph Lundgren. Which all his movies or like? Well, I, I don't I don't think Dolph Lundgren's playing Dolph Lundgren. I think he's playing like a it's like a he's like a different like he's an action movie star, but it's it's, it's like very clearly supposed to be Dolph Lundgren is playing himself kind of. <laughs> Although there's uh there's a couple of like first like first look photos and like Dolph Lundgren looks like kind of like like Tommy Wiseau instead. <laughs> like he's got the like a create like I'll send you a link uh if you haven't seen that yet, Chris. But like there's like if you scroll up the bottom, but like yeah, he's got like crazy long hair. And it also looks like they're like actually gonna like fight people. Like it's not just like a like oh we gotta save the community center like breaking style. It's like we're actually like oh they're like, like defending we, it. We we like yeah defend this from like the, with like crossbows and stuff. Wow. Yeah, I see like the Tommy Wiseau look. Yeah. And apparently, a uh, Shout Factory, a uh, Shout Studios has uh, acquired this movie. So I I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to. I'm not sure if they. I'm, I'm, I feel like they put movies, some of their movies in theaters, but like I don't know if this is gonna be like, because they have a streaming thing. They have like Shout Factory TV or whatever. So I don't know if that this will be like a exclusive <laughs> for that. They're gonna. It's gonna start showing up at like uh, film festivals next year. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll have to find out. See see if this ends up as like a some sort of like streaming only thing, or if it's gonna be. I mean, Shout Factory says like they're like one of like. The, like premier like blu-ray like collector edition blu-ray places so maybe this will be, uh, be like a physical <laughs> only or something or like straight to blu-ray or dvd but um i guess we'll find out more next year and uh definitely curious to see a trailer for this to see what's going on with Dolph Lundgren and his crazy long hair and also why Terrence Howard is going to kill developers with a crossbow <laughs> But, I wonder uh, if there's any other cameos or it's just like those two. <laughs> just like all the expendables show up. Like, yeah. <laughs> Stallone, Stallone shows up. It's like, hey, I'm here. <laughs> Stallone, is the, Stallone is the head developer. He's this character from Tulsa King. He's like, I'm taking over this movie theater for the mob. <laughs> like, yeah, this is weird cross promotion. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, so that's, that's it for news this week. So why don't we jump into uh, show and tell? And Chris, have you seen any over the last week or so here? Yeah. Um, I marathoned by accident all of uh, Wednesday on Netflix. Okay, yep. Didn't intentionally want to watch all of it, but it was pretty good enough that I just, like, burned through them in, like, three days. Are they, like, like half-hour episodes, too, or something? So They're an hour. Oh, I was like, uh, I was saying, if it's like a half an hour, it's like, oh yeah, that you, I, I see how you could easily do that, but like hour, and it's like eight of them, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, geez. I, I feel like from day before Thanksgiving until Black Friday, just like every, just three or four episodes, uh, a sitting. So I was like, oh, I can watch it. And I was like, oh man, it's like late at night. I'm like, oh shit, I think I watched three, um. But it's good. I, I I at least enjoyed it. For mm-hmm. it tickled all the things I was looking for for this like uh like fall because between Halloween and Thanksgiving like we're just on this horror kick and Wednesday was also like a good horror uh follow up too because you think it's gonna be very I don't know light but. From the second episode on, it gets, like, in-your-face sort of um, darker than you're used to for Am's Family product. Mm-hmm. Uh, first episode only has, like, maybe one, like, killing. But from there on, it just picks up. Like, it, it it's more, not, like, very bloody, but it, it leans in harder than you would think it would based on the trailer and based on just the marketing well one of the like side plots is like there's like a some sort of like isn't there like a serial killer or like some sort of killer running around or something that's not really a side plot i think that's just one of the plots mm-hmm. uh so yeah there's this like it's wednesday going to a school because she bullied uh her classmates well because she bullied like the high school that she's in uh water polo team because they assaulted her brother so she assaults them with piranhas and then she gets kicked out of that school in new jersey because people forget some people forget that adam's family takes place in new jersey their home is in new jersey for some reason but then she goes to a new school called nevermore academy that is in vermont that i just was like wait this is vermont like it's they don't, how, maybe I missed it. Maybe I, I just wasn't paying attention for that moment. But yeah, the, the mo, all the show takes place in Vermont. And in Burlington, Vermont. Like, it, it actually takes place in this, I don't know if it's a weird, uh, like, I know one part is real. Like, do you remember Jericho, Vermont, Zach? Not really. Yeah, but I think that's a real place, right? I mean, maybe, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it was. But yeah, it takes place in a neighboring town of Jericho, Vermont. Oh yeah, it, yeah, it's a real, it's a real, uh, like town. Yeah, so like it's supposed to take place in Jericho, Vermont, and then next to uh this like famous tourist attraction called Pilgrim World, where in that area, um, uh, it. You know, they have this, like, small community that is funded really through the academy. And then uh, the second thing is just, like, this 
Pilgrim Town, a historical village called Pilgrim World, where they kind of show like the colonization of the area as told by this like fake kind of whitewash history of like how pilgrims just totally showed up and were very gentle and not the whole witch trial thing and then you know what happened to the natives and then how they're not pilgrims were not tolerant with other cultures and ideas because i don't know where what like yeah i mean it was one of those things where like once you learn real history it's like yeah pilgrims were assholes so it leans in on that trying to show that basically um like times haven't changed you have these like fevered zealous people who are very bent against anything abnormal and again adam's family is all about being weird and being uh the like kind of true to themselves so they kind of set up a nice clash uh between that but the thing is is like it gets a little like cw teen romance or teen drama with wednesday having her own kind of crisis of being herself and being kind of like distance and then not yeah I, I, yeah, I, I, I kind of expected, I mean, I haven't seen it yet, but like just from the trailers and kind of like description stuff, I kind of, it's kind of seemed like it was going to be more like Riverdale-y, Sabrina, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Very, like, very, very close to it is, is a good way to describe that. But there is one thing that like they lean on Wednesday being, I think, like autistic almost. Like she definitely that, well, has, well, I thought I thought the, like the description of the show before it came out was like, oh, she she discovers she has like psychic powers or something. Yeah, yeah, that's shoehorned in at random times. It's like convenient plot things for it to happen. Um, I saw the twists kind of coming with that, but like it it's nice because it adds a little supernatural things to her, and then they don't just like they kind of like explain why in a very good way. Um. But it's like new. It's like okay, well she's she turns like she's big, she's of that age where the people kind of discover their powers. But it's really random because some people have powers that they had before they turn sixteen or like of puberty. It just triggers at random times. But it's it, it kind of someone wrote uh, someone reviewed this and said basically this show is like uh, like. Harry Potter meets Umbrella Academy. It has the same structure of a Harry Potter movie where it's like magical school, like being being unique in abilities isn't like a super unheard of thing in this place. Like everyone has every other person has powers in this in this school. But the like the strange thing is like, what if you don't? What if you're one of those like absolutely normal kids? who goes to the school for some reason, like, you get district in or whatever, like, it doesn't make sense that, like, you're learning about things that just wouldn't apply to you, or, but then they don't, but they don't show you so much about the learning, which is really interesting, like, only one, they highlight one teacher, and that's played by Christina Ricci, but, because that's because it's played by Christina Ricci, mm-hmm. um, everyone else sort of doesn't learn anything, so it's, it's, kind of weird i i couldn't figure that that's like the one weakness if you want like a school structure for whatever reason they don't really delve into the whole curriculum 
they sort of just go over this one class about biology, but it's just biology. Like, it's not supernatural stuff. So, I don't know. It, the, another thing is they kind of point out that um, Christina Ricci is the one normal person who joins this, who's been part of the staff. So, like, she's someone who doesn't have, like, a lineage from, like, a supernatural family or exhibits any powers. So it's really bizarre that, like, okay, so do the other teachers? And it's like, well, the principal can morph into other people. Like, she, she sort of is, like, a, a transformer or a shapeshifter. Okay. Played by um, uh, uh, the really tall woman. Gwendolyn Christie. Yeah. So, like, she she has the ability to, like, sh- shapeshift. So, like, all right. But then it's like, what about the rest of the staff? It's like, oh, we'll never get to that at this point. Like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> they don't balance that. You know, like, they introduce the concepts, but then it's like, okay, what about this? Like, no, 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 let's go back to this, like, love triangle. I'm like, all right. So, again, it's small details that I, it falls apart for there if you care more about the school. But if you focus in on just the Wednesday and the Adams things, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, they explore a little bit of how, in this version, how Gomez and Mortish meet and how they're like, well, neat, but like how they um, they experience a little bit of their school year and then how Morticia basically at this school was just like the queen bee like she was the best um like student athlete she was very like gifted and in this but like for some whatever rebellious phase wednesday just refuses to like do things that her mother did like that's why she's acting up because she doesn't want to be like her mother and for no reason, I, I again, it, it's one of those, like, I guess the teen angst part of this series. But it comes off as if, again, Wednesday is very rebellious just to be rebellious. There's no, like, hidden agenda or or just, like, very conclusive, um, like, reasoning. It's more like she's just mad at her mom. Why? She yeah. just is. Like, Martitian and... Gomez is like the coolest parents in the world. Like, why would you like not want to why, be like them? It, it's, it's very bizarre, and the the show just says like, okay, I'm not gonna spoil anything, but it's just like, yeah, why why are you are you gonna why are you mad at your mom? Like, very mad at your mom. Like, it's a point where like she's like insulting her and very like dismissive, and then like she's fine for father. Like, she's, she has like really her version of kind words. So like, oh, like you know, you could feel like there's love. But for whatever reason, she's just like, oh, yeah, like, mother, like, I'll never be like you. Like, who would want to be like you? Like, you're everything I don't want to be in life. Like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. So the show is just all about Wednesday. So you get, like, glimmers of the other characters, like Pugsley and 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 um, Uncle Fester for, like, one episode. Uh, no mention of Grandmama, like grandma adams just uh so i i, I was a years ago i was like i i think like i got into Anne's family too much i was like watching both movies and then the cgi one mm-hmm. um depending on which version of the Adams family the grandma adams character changes um family size she's either part of morticia's family or part of gomez's family it's it's i think in the original she's part of gomez's family as that adams but then for some bizarre reason like 
She's also like Grandma Adams on Morticia's family too. Is she always like a witch though? She's always a witch. She's always like a, a like the family kind of like older words of advice person. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they don't really. Um, they I, she's not mentioned at all in this. Uh, they got a really good lurch. Uh, he doesn't talk. He's just in scenes, being tall and lurchy. Mm-hmm. But if you want it like more Adams family stuff, like you get, you just get tastings of it. You don't get a full serving of it, except for maybe um, Mortish and Gomez. Like they, they use them in sparing amounts, but very like focused when they're there. And Catherine Zeta Jones, great older Mortish. You know, just. I, I believed it. It, was, it wasn't, you know, the 90s, uh, Jellica Houston, but, you know, pretty good. Mm-hmm. It, it's something that, like, definitely Tim Burton, you could tell, like, he was a fan, and he wanted to do this proper, and he didn't want to stray so far away from the, the, the concepts. It was very, like, okay, you could sort of see this fell into the original series or fell into other um like the movies like it's not canonical but like it can feel like a bigger universe if they wanted to maybe even the cgi series that they want like that's the beauty about this there's no rewriting history it's more like hey this is just like another story you can fill in the blanks if you want but you don't have to i feel like you don't you just need to know all versions of the Adams family and then watch this. Cause if you, this is your first time watching Adams family, like you're going to be lost a bit. <laughs> I mean, you could watch it and not focus on some other things, but I think it's rewarding if you, um, were a fan of the movies first. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of required, but I'm not going to say that's going to fault it. You know, like I, I see this as like, it's pretty well introduced to give you the concepts but you're not going to get the full picture of, like, who the Adams are. Because it goes, like, first episode, maybe 20 minutes of the Adams family, and then maybe, I think, maybe less, I think, then straight into Wednesday having high school drama. Uh, so I definitely recommend it. Um, it it takes its time to kind of get to the main, all of each plot point, but there's enough that, like, yeah, like, you'll know about the monster it's it's a it's a running thing in the series but they they kind of they kind of jump around on when to go into that like it's sort of the main crux until they introduce a new concept and then that becomes the focus for a little bit and then they just have like a side story where they do something else so it's a little all over the place but i think it uses the eight episode limit well i think any longer and you just have like a filler episode some might argue that some episodes one episode could be a filler, but they still, like, pace it well. And where, like, you kind of want to watch the next episode. You don't need a break. Like, you just can keep going. So it's, like, giant movies. Um, so I, I definitely recommend it. Uh, the They do set up a second season. Uh, like, there's a few things just not resolved, and they leave it open. And not in a, okay, like, if we never get funding, you'll never know kind of way. You know, so 
it's not even cliffhangers too like they just kind of like hey there's other things that's going on but we may or may not get to it if we don't get a season two because they didn't announce a season two or not so they're just like it happens it happens i i i feel like it's like almost inevitable now because i don't know if you saw but like it's like the most watched like netflix show and like i got i think it's like most watched english language netflix show in netflix's history like it was even more than like stranger things volume four really so i mean if if if, if they don't greenlight a second season like something's wrong i don't know what netflix is doing but like i mean it's yeah it's it's like it's like literally the most popular thing that netflix has ever had or like one of the most popular things netflix has ever had so yeah they don't do a second season they shot themselves in the foot but because like if but i always think this is weird because i think doesn't universal own adam's family and then isn't universal owned by NBC, uh, NBC, Comcast, yeah. like, and then they have Peacock, and then, but then I think Illumination is well, Illumination owned is, also, by them. is a universal company too, so like, it, yeah, which is owned by NBC again. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's kind of interesting that like Peacock didn't scoop in the rights or or kind of like I don't know contest pull a. a a Disney and be like, oh, thanks for this like TV show. We'll be taking it and bringing it to our like streaming service now. Well, the original looks like the original movie, uh, or the original movies like Adam's Family, Adam's Family, Family goes are on Netflix. I think they uh, just made Netflix pay. Like it, I don't, you know, like it's just. Well, it's very like the original, like the night, like the first Adam's Family movie, like is like on Netflix and Paramount Plus. So it's like the, the, those are just split between those two apparently. <laughs> no, I could see uh, I could see him being after so many years like you know it's just a movie that's just on. Mm-hmm. And I know I know Pluto TV has like the which I think is like a mostly like a Paramount CBS company as well, but like. They have like a twenty four seven like old like the original Adam Sandler t- TV show just uh, on all the time. You, the only thing the only thing is not available is like the uh, the nineties cartoon like the like ABC show. Oh, but that's because that's like contested between like Disney and NBC. Like I feel yeah. like that I mix it, and it's also like I think produced by a Canadian animation studio. So who knows what rights that goes into? I didn't mind the animation show. It took me a while to like it, but, like, I definitely yeah. watched it on reruns. Mm-hmm. And I definitely watched the live-action one, the, like, 90s one. Yeah, we got Pugsy's Scavenger Hunt from that from that uh, cartoon. The, like, Super Nintendo. Uh, was that, was it, I'm sure it was, yeah, I think it was probably both. It was Genesis and Nintendo, but, like, the, like, absurdly hard, <laughs> Pug, like, Ham's Family Pugsy game. Oh, most of the Adam's Family games are hard. Like they just. Oh yeah, the one the one that's like loosely based on the movie where he plays Gomez is like, like an insanely hard platformer. And then like yeah, Pugsy Scavenger Hunt is like, like insane. Like super. Like it's it's like one of the hardest Super Nintendo games probably of all time. <laughs> just because because it's like it's like like Pugsy is like so loose controlling, but then you you like you be like pinpoint accurate for like a lot of the platforming and stuff. It's just like, oh man. 
But uh, yeah, so Wednesday. So anything else besides that, Chris? Uh, I watched the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. So did I. Okay, I guess we'll talk about that together. Yeah, I thought it was a ton of fun. Yep, I enjoyed it. I I like the homage to um like the Star Wars Christmas special, the holiday special, the the like rotoscope animation style opening. Yep. Mm-hmm. I thought like you kind of lean in how silly it was for like uh to see this like sketchy art style because um when Michael Rooker is like destroying this Christmas tree, it looks so jank. I was like that yeah. has to be on purpose. There's no way they're just like whatever. Like they're just like no, let's make it like kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Like we'll give it like just enough detail that like you know what's going on, but not enough that's like you would say like this is great animation. You know, it's just like it's something a YouTuber would make. It well, it, it kind of it reminded me a bit of like heavy metal too, <laughs> like you know, like, like yes. classic like, like yes. the heavy metal like eighties like uh, animated series. Like, animation like, style, yeah. yeah. So it felt it felt very retro and appropriate for what was going on. I thought it was interesting. So, there's, like, there's a couple. There's a couple like, uh, like, ma- like actually like major like plot things that are gonna like. like it's up here, and it's like so. I think James Gunn said like the interview. He said like he he set him up here so he doesn't explain it and go through like all these explanations of Guardians three of like like in this special they're like oh the Guardians the Guardians bought nowhere now so they they control nowhere. Yeah, uh, I don't know how they just did it. Yeah, I don't know where they got money from. Yeah. Um, well, the collector's and then, still alive. That's another thing. Who's still alive? The collector. They bought nowhere oh, from the collector. Yeah. But, and then like, collector still alive? I thought he. I guess dead. so. Yeah. Maybe maybe he, maybe he just like went to go live with his brother or something. <laughs> his brother Jeff Goldblum. Um, and then and then their new ship is called the Bowie, which is great. Oh, and then I don't know and, that. I I thought they just were calling it like a lifeboat, calling it like boat E. No, no, yeah, it's it's because they got because the the Milano got blown up, so, and so now they have like a new ship, and their new main ship is the is the the Bowie. Well, they already had. What was the ship from Thor: Love and Thunder? Well, I think that was like um because they they have like they have Yondu's like they have like the Ravager ship, I think that's like the like they have like the big ship, but then like the like smaller like one that Drax and uh, Mantis use is the Bowie. I see. Which is more similar, to like the, it's like uh, like a smaller like fighter or something like like the Milano was. And then also, and also like the like probably the biggest thing is like Mantis's uh, Peter's half sister. Yeah, because I didn't because didn't um that was sort of a like a surprise because I kind of remember in the Guardian Galaxy two, um Kurt Russell was just like I found her I'm like oh okay and you, yeah oh Kirk. No questions asked. Oh, and I, th- and I think also one of the other things that they set up for that is going to be like a, a big thing in Guardians Three is that uh, Cosmo is, is like a guardian now and going to be like a, a, a main member of the team for Volume Three. Really? Yeah. Or at least I, I thought Cosmo was just a citizen in, in nowhere. Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't know, cause like in the comics, Cosmo is like the head of security for nowhere. So I don't know if they're gonna like do that, and like it's Guardians of Three is gonna take place like on nowhere a lot, or like if he's gonna, if 
she's actually gonna go on the mission with them or like whatever they're doing in volume three. But yeah, I, I, but I, yeah, I liked uh, what we heard. I, I liked uh, Maria Bakalova's <laughs> Cosmo. Yep. As long as, Cos- as long as Cosmo has like a, a, a thick Russian accent, that's all you need. <laughs> and, and, and it's psychic powers. It's it's a little um I, I don't know if Cosmo was always like a girl. Or... No, Cosmo Cosmo's always been uh like a a male dog. Right. Like, he's, he's always been a good boy <laughs> in the comics and like all, in the games and stuff. So is Cosmo on this one a girl or yeah, just because, like I, yeah? I mean it's 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 mere black over from Borat two. Is I know, but I can't tell so... that's just like the voice box. You know, I just don't I, know I'm if that's just, just like yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm 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 just assuming that Cosmo is a good girl now, not a good boy. But <laughs> either way, I love Cosmo, <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully we get more Cosmo in Volume Three, because because we've only there's only been like little cameo like there's only been like little cas- like cameos from Cosmo in like the first the first Guardians and like I think in Volume Two, but like you never heard Cosmo talk <laughs> at all. So right, right. And then yeah, just all the stuff with Drax and uh, Mantis and Earth, <laughs> just all the crazy fish out of water, like them just rampaging across Hollywood. Like the the Mantis Chinese Theater thing is like so great, like <laughs> the, the Drax like Gobot thing, where he's just like Gobots killed his cousin or whatever, and he's just like beating the shit out of that Gobot guy. Yeah, it's funny because that's just like re- now that's canon that Gobots exist. <laughs> well, Gobots I think was a Marvel thing. But there's like actually like GoBots somewhere in the universe. Yep. I thought it's it's it is kind of if you think about it though it is kind of weird that like um I mean I, I guess I guess maybe people assume that they're like like the people in front of the Chinese theater were like assuming that they're like they're like just actors like 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 do like do people know that Drex and Mantis were like like fought Thanos with the Avengers yeah. like do they know the, do they know the Guardians like because Kevin Bacon clearly does not know who the hell they are well like they're not the human ones I don't think they know all the human heroes yeah they don't even know like just the Avengers because because like the Guardians were like they they showed back up for the the fight like the end, end game battle and then apparently it is booked it like just immediately left again so like because like this is like because like, Drax and Mantis like have like this is like the first extended time they've ever spent on Earth, <laughs> and so they have, and they have no idea what the hell I, how anything works on Earth. But yeah, I was just wondering, like, I was, I was wondering, like, I feel, like, I feel like people should like maybe like, like, we, just like how, like, how deep does people know? Like, how many, like, do people like know everyone who is like at like fighting? <laughs> like, is it, is that like in history books now of like or like textbooks or like? You know, like the battle of the battle of Avengers Campus. Like, do people, do people, do people like do like regular people in MCU like know who like was there? Like, they have yeah, some, like Captain America was there, Iron Man was there. Like, yeah, it's interesting to see like that's a history thing that people have to like know about. And like, I mean, and like, uh, like people, like people know about like Captain Marvel because like, like. Kamala like is like constantly talking about how Captain Marvel is at the battle and stuff. So yeah, but but yeah, but Kevin Kevin Bacon is like 
<laughs> it seems like like Kevin Bacon is like a thousand percent committed to this. Like he's like he's like so in. Although I guess I guess I wonder if they were like oh I wonder if he was like so in like so into it because like they let him like sing a song. <laughs> Like, all right. He's like, oh, I get to sing a song. All right, I'm, I'm in. Like, I yeah. got my Bacon Brothers band. Like, I'm, I'm shocked there's not like a Bacon Brothers like Christmas album coming out or something. Like, I'm surprised his brother wasn't in on this. Yeah. But yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed the opening too. Like the. It's like it's Christmas time. Yeah. Super catchy. I think I, I I told like my um listening services to play the soundtrack just for that. From the for the old ninety sevens. Yep. Who like heard of until like that night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cla- classic. I mean, classic like James Gunn fashion. But, like all the music is great. It's and it's all like uh more like it's more like super deep cut like christmas songs that you know you normally don't hear or have never heard of at all before <laughs> but they're all but they all like fit perfectly into the, the special but man yeah disney plus the, like disney plus they're they're two for two for these like holiday specials like the werewolf by night halloween special was great and then this was great like keep keep these coming like Give us like an Easter special or like a Arbor Day special. <laughs> Just keep the holidays like holiday specials coming. So did you say to the end where like they might do another holiday special? Yeah, yeah. The like the like little like after credit scene where like like <laughs> like was like, was it Cosmo that says like oh now we got to do another we have to do another special <laughs> like. Yep. I mean, I was I will say is this is like just something weird for me because I I played like the uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy game, um, I mean not not too recently but like within like the last year or so. But like Bradley Cooper's rocket sounds weird to me now. <laughs> like cause I spent like like is that no one like no one else is weird but like just just rocket specifically like I because I like it just feels it sounds weird compared to like like the game's rocket because. This is a weird thing for me now. Like Randy Cooper, like Randy Cooper sounds like the knockoff, and then like the, like the game rocket. It sounds like the real rocket to me now. But like, but yeah, like, but like everyone else is just like, I, like I, I like it's like a, <laughs> the MCU version is like the real version. But uh, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, great. Check it out if you haven't seen it. Maybe 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 it will become a staple of like a, like a you know like a yearly tradition of watching Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. It's probably, it's probably gonna be the last uh, James Gunn thing we get for a quite a while <laughs> from Marvel because like he's got the, now he's got like the I think it's at least four years now of like he's like you know the head of DC. <laughs> So, so he signed like that, like exclusivity de- like deal with the uh, Warner Brothers to like not. So he kill, he's only doing DC stuff now. Yeah, I want to know if he's ever allowed to do anything else, or it's just like nope, like he just won't do that. Well, well, Gar- Guardians Three is gonna be like is like the official like last that's the last Marvel thing he's he, he directed. Um, and then I guess I guess maybe if that 
whatever the, the contract like after four years after the, I was I'm assuming if things are going well for DC like they're gonna renew his contract for much longer. <laughs> that makes sense. But like, maybe, yeah, maybe there'll be some like flexibility like after like whatever. I think it was like four or five years. Like he's like exclusive to DC. But That's yeah, because like I just wish there was another director that could pick up the mantle of his style for this kind of kind of wackiness. Yeah, because I mean, I mean. There's Taika, but like, I mean, Thor: Love and Thunder like went too far <laughs> to the, in the wackiness direction. What like, more screaming goats? That's how you fix this. Yeah, that's that's what these to be the next Guardians of the Galaxy holiday specials: screaming goats. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anything else, Chris? Uh, no, that's about it. More than I watched in the last few weeks, though. Like well, nine hours of stuff to catch up on. <laughs> Yeah, well, I saw a couple other like uh you know holiday related things. Um, I saw a Christmas Story Christmas, the uh, HBO Max Christmas Story sequel. Um, HBO Max, I kind of forgot that. Yeah, and it came out uh I think like the weekend before Thanksgiving. Um, but yeah, so yeah, this is the like I mean I guess I guess they've all but technically been like official sequels, but this is like the one the like the first like feels like a real sequel to the Christmas story because it has like Peter Billingsley's back, like all the other, and like a bunch of the other actors are back. Um, Cause all the other movies were like weird. Like no, one, no one was the same. It was like summer. was One of them took place there in the summer. There was like Christmas story two, which is terrible. Um, this one, this one is uh, pretty fun and uh, pretty solid. Like it's, I mean, it's obviously not anywhere close to like the original, but like, it's a, it's a, if you're looking for like, just like a fun, kind of return to that like Christmas stories world or Christmas stories st- like universe. Like it's got like uh it's got a lot of the same stuff that you like you liked from the first movie, but like um it's like a new decade that's like, set in the seventies now. So there's like some like lot, so there's more like seventies kind of like pop culture jokes or like because like, like I think was the, th- the first one like the the like thirties or something. <laughs> so um and it's it basically like the setup is that uh yeah so so it's been like it's 33 years since the the first Christmas movie um and Ralphie Ralphie has like a wife and two kids now and he's been trying to like write a book uh he basically took a year off of of like normal work to like try to write a book um and every Christmas since like for like I don't they don't really, it's every like basically every year like like the old man and uh Ralphie's mom come to like Chicago to visit them. For Christmas, but then this year they get a call that the old man has died. So they go, Ralphie and his family go to, back to uh, the uh, the family home from the from the first movie to spend, spend Christmas with uh, Ralphie's mom. And then then Ralphie tries to like is like basically trying to like make like a like the best Christmas possible to like lift everyone's spirits because like they try to, like because like the old man always made the Christmas the best for everybody. So now it's Ralphie that has to like pick up the slack. And uh, but yeah, then it, it's it's kind of similar to the first one where it's just kind of like like there's all like like kind of episodic like random like like random shenanigans happen like they, it's like they go like shopping Christmas shopping and like it's like this whole like thing where like Ralphie's trying to get all the gifts and his kids like see Santa again like it, it, it's like basically the same Santa like a, a similar Santa that was in like the first movie it's like on top of that giant like staircase with the slide on it at Higby's. 
and it's like a, it's like a whole like uh like uh <laughs> there's like a whole sequence where like they go like they there's like a new like dare because like because like um like schwartz and uh like flick are, are back like flick owns a bar now like he owns his dead bar and then schwartz is like this like deadbeat just like is like has like this like massive tab schwartz is basically like, like barney from simpsons where he just has this massive like tab at the bar and never pays it oh no <laughs> but, he's, but he's not like he's not like a like he's not like a, like, like he's not like a like constantly drunk like or anything drunk. okay wow he's just like a, he's kind of like just like a lazy like 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 constantly like freeloader he's a freeloader yeah and there's this there's this whole like scene where like flick is like double dares him to like oh if you like go down this like there's like this like abandoned like military base or like abandoned like military facility that has like it's like it's like it's like a it looks like a slide but it's not it's not, it wasn't built to be like a slide but now it's like just like frozen metal that like if, if, if like Schwartz can like survive sledding down it he'll like like flick will like forgive his bar tabs there's this whole like that's like the new like uh <laughs> like frozen pole double dog dare scene it's like go down this death slide. And then there's like yeah, there's like a whole bunch of like other like random shenanigans that happened with like the family and tr- trying to get the get, get the Christmas tree and like a snowball fight that goes bad and like all this other stuff. So there's a lot of like fun like like kind of like it's like it's like single scenes that and then like like the first movie where it's like very like episodic like just each scene is like a new like setup or new joke scene or something. So um. It's yeah, it's it's fun. It's it like if you enjoyed the first movie, like this is like a like you know it's a lot of the, a lot of the actors from the first movie are back, <laughs> um in this one, so that's so that's fun seeing all of them come back and uh yeah lots lots of funny stuff like yeah it's it it's good, um so th- yeah I would say it's it's like the I mean easily the best Christmas story <laughs> sequel that we've had because the other two are just like. Not even we're talking about really, just like they're terrible. But um, yeah, this one, this one is actually like a, a good like uh, follow up. I, I mean, it's, def- it's probably not gonna like, you know, like live, like be as like revered as like the original one, but this, it's like a fun Christmas watch well, this year if you want to check it out. Is it just like a better follow up than what was made before? Yeah, yeah, that's what's like. It's, it's just it's like it's it's like it's definitely the best sequel <laughs> to a Christmas Story. Because what we got Christmas Story two, we got uh, my Summer Story with the two like uh, like sequels basically, mm-hmm. and they they're they're both like weird and terrible. <laughs> like I think like like Daniel Stern like narrates one of them. I think like Christmas Story two or something maybe. So it was like uh, or he was like he was like the old man I think in that one. Like he took and um. Yeah, and then yeah, it was like one of them was like Ralphie was trying to get a car, and it was it was like weird, and he was like it was, it was like weird teenage Ralphie, and then like uh, yeah, I, I, in my summer story, which was like not even this is like why is this even like related? It's like we we came for Christmas, and now it's just like a weird like uh, franchise of stories. Yeah, yeah. But from what I hear, like it is supposed to be like the original story, I mean, original novels. Yeah, novelettes. I mean. The, I mean, yeah, the book, the book that like a Christmas story came from was like a whole collection of like other. It, it wasn't just Christmas; it was like all sorts of like stories from Gene Shepard of like different things that happened. So, 
Uh, you're just like focusing on the just like the popular element. Yeah, yeah. Christmas became the most popular one, like by far, obviously. So, <laughs> but yeah, so, so so I saw that. I also saw obviously because it was Thanksgiving, so I saw plane, trains, and automobiles, uh, which actually celebrated its 35th anniversary this past weekend, which was uh, so that was perfect time to watch it. Uh, I mean, it's great. I don't know what you <laughs> what else you can say about it. It's 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 a hilarious, awesome movie. Um. I, I I did find it funny. Like I noticed this time, or like I find it funny. Like it's it's rated R, but it's only rated R because of that one scene where Steve Martin just drops the F bomb like like Once? a dozen times. Oh, because there's it's it's there's it's if it, 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 it didn't have that scene, it'd probably be like a PG PG. Maybe, I don't think PG was like existed when it came out. But, oh, I think it, it did, but like yeah, without that scene, it would probably be PG. Um. But yeah, there's but there's just the one scene where like Steve Martin just is like after like he like doesn't get a rental car, like he goes out to the parking lot and like finds a rental car that isn't there. He has to like walk all the way back to the, the airport, uh, like the airport terminal to get, try to get another car. And then he's just like like this is like like two thirds way through the movie, so he's just like to- totally fed up at this point. So he's just like, get me a fucking rental car right fucking now. I don't care what kind of fucking car it was. Give me a fucking car. And then like, there's like every other word is just fucking. And then, um, so that's, that's like the only reason it's like radar, which, which is just like, like, it, cause that was the big deal at the time. It was like, Oh man, this is like, this is John Hughes first R rated movie. Like, and then the other, the other thing that like, I really noticed this time too, was like the score is like insane. Like really? it's like like um like the actual like like that like not like not like the soundtrack but like the actual just like music like the score is like this like hip hop like late eighties like it's like I'm surprised like no one like, I mean maybe someone has but I I, I didn't really look but like I'm like if someone like did like a like like sampled it for like a hip hop song or a rap song or something you could because it's all like. It's just like crazy, like it's like it's like record record scratches and like like late eighties, early nineties, like hip hop samples. Like it's just like I, I remember that when he's walking back from the carport, it's like some it, the music is out of place for that scene. Yeah, like a, a lot of music is just like wow, this music's awesome, but like it's like very weird. It's like weirdly like funky and like hip hop and like and even, and even like the like the end credits has is like basically like a rap song with like samples from the movie over it like like it'll be like it's like it's like it's like, it's like very like rap like record scratchy like sample and then like, it just says like random clip quotes from like john candy on it i feel like that that was like the early 90s late 80s of like of uh like mashup songs like they didn't they they kind of didn't have another sample so they just took whatever like sad effects they had on hand you know like it wasn't like they took mash two songs together they just sort of like i don't know we'll just take clips and make it work yeah because because not it's not like it's not like a it's not like like a or it's not orchestral it's not like a work like it's not like home alone john williams like uh it's not like it's not like synthia really. it's like very like 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 a lot of the a lot of songs have like 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 the wukka wukka like like record scratching on it like I totally forgot that like I the soundtrack to me was something I don't pay attention pay attention to that one it, it, like yeah it it jumped out at me like 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 I was like wow this 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 score is like funky fresh <laughs> like nine it's a nineties it came out ninety one eighty seven eighty seven but yeah, so it was like it was like a pioneer of like 
'90s hip hop. That it was like it was like, pre, it was, it was it was like predating, like yeah. Because basically, what you're describing is what like you hear a lot of for the '90s of like family friendly rap at the time. Like by yeah. our standards, it's family friendly. By then, it was just like, oh my god, MTV is corrupting the youth with their disc scratching and then their words of like kick it. You know, by today's comparison, it's like listening to like the Goof Troop opening and thinking that's like <laughs> like rap music. Yeah. Oh, also speaking of Kevin Bacon, um, I forgot that he was like he, like he has a cameo in the beginning. Like he's the, he's like he's like like competing with like Steve Martin trying to get a cab in Chicago or in in New York before taking it to the airport, and then like they have this like it's like they're like opposite side of the street, like 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 clearing like, each other down, and like Kevin Bacon like man just like steal the car from the cab from him. But it's just, it's just a weird like oh man like Kevin Bacon is like, is like the second person you see in this movie. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it yeah, Clancy Daniels, fantastic. If, if you've never seen it, like go. I don't know what you're doing. Go, go like go watch it. <laughs> like it, 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 it's on. It's it's on Paramount Plus. If you have Paramount Plus, it's on there. You can check that out. And then uh, last thing is, I, te- I teased it uh, earlier in the show. But yeah, in honor of uh, I guess not not it wasn't in honor of him, because I, I we didn't learn he passed away yet. But like. I guess now in, in honor of uh, Albert Pune, I saw Nemesis, the 1992 movie, um, which it part, part one of like the Nemesis franchise, which includes like four movies and a, like a spinoff movie. Um, but yeah, this is the first one from 1992. Uh, and yes, uh, Olivier Gruner, um, who's been, uh, been in a ton of like action movies. Like he was like a, you know, 90s action movie guy although like i would say like bc tier action movie like action movie like action hero like i mean he, he was like a, he was like a kickboxer like he was he was he was kind of like he was a i, I mean like a like like a, a lesser van damme like if you, if you can't get van damme you get olivier grunet <laughs> Like, cause I think, I think he was in like the like kickboxer sequels and then when they had to come back or something. So, or like the blood sport sequels or something. Like he was in like some, some of those and then like a bunch of other, like, uh, did he play Cody from step by step? <laughs> no. Now this is the 1992 movie, right? Yeah. No, Olivia Grenet. Yeah, I see what you mean. Where like, if you couldn't get Van Damme and yeah, I, you I, know, I feel, like, I feel like he was he's he's on like that like Jeff Speakman level, like like or like Don the Dragon Wilson level, like yeah. Well, he comes from like a real fighting background. From yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He's he, like yeah, he, he's like a, he's like a like middleweight champion kickboxer. So like, he has like legit skills. Uh, he's also like a marine. He's like a French marine too. Yeah, he's he, he's basically the French equivalent, of like the Green Berets. Like, and then he just went into acting after service. He's just like, no, after after service, he then went into just like kickboxing, and then yeah. he's like, ah, I guess I'll act. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Nem- but yeah, Nemesis. He plays Alex Rain, who's like this. He's a well, Nemesis. Nemesis is basically like if you threw like Blade Runner, Terminator, Robocop, <laughs> maybe a couple other movies. Uh, it's like a, a stew and like cooks it all up. Like it's it's got elements of like a, like a lot of other movies. Um, 
But yeah, but yeah, Olivia Grunet is, is basically like he's Alex Rain. He's an LAPD, I guess, cop, but he's more like a bounty hunter slash like assassin. Like they just send him like go kill people. And he's also like like a lot of his body has been like destroyed. And now he's like he got rebuilt like like robot parts. But he basically gets caught up in between because there's like he finds out there's like, one of his assignments. He basically finds out that like there is a conspiracy of like there's like evil cyborgs that are trying to like, are, like t- replacing humans like higher humans higher up in like government with like robot versions. So it's, so it's also basically it's like future world basically it's like like the plot of future world the like Westworld sequel where it's like they're replacing like world leaders with like robots. That's what's happening in like Nemesis. And then there's like a there's like a human like resistance group like trying to stop them, so uh, Olivia Grunet gets gets like kind of like tied up with like the human resistance group because like one of his like his former lover Jared who's like a full android but she's like is like working against the other androids, uh like he's like requests his help, <laughs> so he's he's like joins up with them, and then but yeah it's. The plot is like very convoluted. <laughs> they don't really explain it a lot, like, too well. Um, and like, so like, yeah, plot-wise and like maybe like acting-wise, this movie isn't great. But like action-wise, this movie is fucking awesome because it's like it's basically <laughs> nonstop. It's just like it's constantly just like machine guns. Like every gun causes explosions. Like it's like, and it's it also has like a lot of like, cool, awesome like practical special effects. Like there's like a guy who like shows up and like his face opens up and he has a gun in his face like because he's a full like robot so he, he basically his face is a gun or his head is a gun and then there's a lot of like like people are get like a lot of the cyborgs get like blown in half and so you get, like, you get a lot of like people like crawling with like half their body like blown off or like their arms exposed like a terminator or like it's like a full-on uh terminator <laughs> like at one point it's just like a full-on like stop motion like terminator skeleton I think one of the guys. I think one of the guys. I mean, it wasn't like Stan Winston or anything, but I think one of the guys who worked on Terminator Two actually did work on like like the practical effects for like uh, Nemesis. So it does have like a something like a somewhat of a like a special effects like pedigree. And and I I also feel like like maybe maybe the Matrix ripped off ripped off Nemesis because it came out like like you know like seven years before Matrix came out. But like I feel like the Wachowskis had to maybe have seen it because like. There's like there's like a lot of like a lot of the guys that like like uh like Olivia Grunet f- fights are like guys like indestructible guys in suits wearing sunglasses that look like, like you could like see like oh they're the agents they're like agents basically <laughs> um and then there's there's like a a scene that like I I, I Underworld like definitely ripped off with this movie where it's like um there's a scene where like like where like Alex Ryan is trying to like escape from like this hotel so he uses like he uses like a machine gun to like blast like blow through the floor like you're like uh it's it's, it's like the same scene that like right came back to like fires through the floor like when the machine gun like falls through the floor oh she like like shoots a perfect circle yes that that's in this movie it's like it's literally in this movie so like, i feel like like len wiseman or whoever wrote ne- like underworld like saw nemesis was like oh man we're gonna do that scene <laughs> like we're gonna do the feel, underworld to whole but i feel like i feel like it's like it's way better than nemesis because like he, like he falls through like six stories like he's like keeps what he just keeps shooting and falling through like like uh like like more multiple stories of this like hotel and yeah there's like like yeah like one of the main bad guys has like a shotgun the shotgun it's like causes explosions every time it shoots and like uh there's a character named max impact who's like becomes like olivia grunia's like sidekick she's like this like like weird like scout girl for like the like uh 
Rebels, but yeah, her name's Max Impact. And uh, yeah, like Brian James, like like a lot of that guy, like action movie guy, like like bodybuilding guys that you like recognize for like Arnold movies or like uh nineties nineties action movies, like like Brian James is in there and like uh Sven Olthorsen and uh oh a super 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 early like I, I I'm sure this is probably like one of his like first movies ever like Thomas Jane is in this movie for like two minutes. Yeah, I just looked up the movie credit and I was like, Jackie O'Haley, Jackie 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 O'Haley's in this movie for like. Uh, like uh, two minutes at the end is he like a young boy like i i can never pinpoint how old he is he's like a younger ish like hacker at the end but yeah, he he only shows up he only shows up in, in like the last scene like he's not in the, any, of the, any of the movie up prior to that and then uh yeah carrie carrie Yuki tagawa is also like one of the main he's not you, you think he might be the villain but then it turns out he, like he's not like he kind of becomes like a Kind of just like a somewhat like ally to like Alex Rain, and then uh, also like Yuji Akimoto, uh, chosen from the Karate Kid movies, uh, is this he was he was in like a ton of like Alex P, uh, Albert Pion movies like like apparently like he was like one of the like the go tos, but uh. Yeah, lots lots of awesome crazy action in Nemesis. Like lots of it, it, it's also like just like a lot of like a, a lot of uh, like Albert Pugh movies. Like it's it's very stylish. Like it's way more stylish and like like anyone anyone else that directed this movie it would have been like probably more, more like flat straightforward. But like, he he throws a lot of like style into it. Like a lot of, like a lot of shadows. A lot of like 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 interesting lighting. Like interesting settings. Like uh interesting like set pieces. So. Yeah, Nemesis, definitely check out Nemesis if you haven't seen it. Like, it, it's an awesome, crazy '90s <laughs> action movie. I think it's on. It's on Peacock. It's on. I think it's on like almost everything. Like, it's on like Peacock, Pluto TV, Tubi, <laughs> uh, Crackle, <laughs> like, like all 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 the all the good ones, all the good stream services. Fubo, Plex. <laughs> Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's it's basically it's it's on pretty much everything except for like uh, it's like <laughs> all the free ones. I mean, if you have Roku, you have Roku Channel. Tubi. If you don't have Tubi, I would say download Tubi because Tubi has like tons of like if you're if you're listening to the show and you're a fan of like '90s and '80s action movies, like Tubi has like almost all of them on there. So, or at least or at least like the like uh like more like directed video like style '80s and '90s action movies on are on Tubi. But uh yeah so that, so Nemesis awesome check it out um ch- and check yeah check out other Albert Albert Pugh movies um and then that's gonna do it for me this week so we can wrap things up uh definitely head over site we've got all kinds of stuff up there we got our uh reviews trailers news um you can you can check out our uh Summer Party Massacre commentary that went up for uh just time for Thanksgiving slash Black Friday that was our commentary for this month. Uh, for November, then we're gonna have a some sort of Christmas themed one coming up for December. So stay tuned for that. And uh, all the other regular features on the site, head over and check all that stuff out. And uh, yeah, so for Chris, I'm Zach, and we will see you next week. For more Everything Action, head to www.everythingaction.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at evaction, on Facebook by searching for Everything Action, and follow us on Instagram at everything.action. 
You can also subscribe and get more episodes on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. 